Hello and welcome to Tournament in a Tea Break. I'm Ross Satter. I'm Julia Gasparin. And we are here on the morning of the final of the Porsche Tennis Grand Prix. Or tennis, yes. Yes, it's that's the Porsche order. It's <laughs> Tennis Grand Prix, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite a week, honestly. I yeah. think it's the final that we didn't expect at the start of the week, to be honest. I mean, Pliskova played very well in Fed Cup on this course, so you could think that she could do it. But Coco van der Wey, I mean... I don't think she expected a final either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's interesting because at the start of the at the start of the tournament, there were four former champions who'd wrapped up the title since twenty uh, since two thousand and eleven. The same four people, and I think by the end of the second round on the last day, all gone. Bye bye. So yeah, it's it's. I think it's quite nice that we're going to have a new champion. Are we going to have a new champion that knows how to drive, or are we going to have one that's just going to have to sit there and think, oh man, I'm going to have to go and get my license. Yeah, it's 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 one of the reading of the match for sure. I mean, like how important is the car for? I <laughs> <laughs> no, I I definitely think that we're out uh, waiting for a very tight final. They they've mm. both been impressive. They we we done discovery today. They both have fantastic serves. Yeah, um, they both have very aggressive game style. Fairly different approach to this aggressive game style, but you know it will be very hard to break. I think. Um, I mean, if you look at their stats, right? <coughs> admittedly, Coco Van der Wey um, leads Carolina Pliskova in their head-to-head. However, last time they were here, the, the the one time that Pliskova has won was here last year in the round of 16. Uh, if you look at their stats, it's really fascinating because every one of their matches has been two sets, but everyone has started with a tiebreak. Yeah, it seems like winning that one tie break is the key to winning the match out there. So, so yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we if we go for one or two tie breaks again. I mean, um, Coco hasn't been broken since the second round, right? And uh, she's won ninety percent of her service games on the tournament. Carolina Pliskova is eighty nine percent of service games yeah. won, so it's just as there's good. nothing between them really. No, I think that um, Carolina has hit more aces this week. She's got like 41 aces in a week. That's fabulous. Um, but Coco's been, you know, I think that what really impressed me with her serve this week was mostly that she didn't go for like only big serves. She's been placing the serves better. Mm-hmm. That's what Carolina, Carolina said yesterday in the press conference. Like, yeah, she's got a big serve, but generally, her percentage is fairly low. Yeah. So she may be hitting a lot of aces, but then you know that you're going to play just as many second serves. Whereas this week, her percentage was fairly high. The placement was really good. Caroline Garcia yesterday was left guessing for the whole hour they've been out there finding no answers. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be very interesting out there. I think, um, I think, well, my feeling is that Coco's sort of almost hostility at the start of the tournament for the clay uh, and I mean I can't say honestly that she loves it much more now but she's a little bit more um, tempered in what she says on court and slightly less tempered in what she says when she comes <laughs> into press <coughs> but I wonder how much of that is uh, a mechanism for her to try and not have the expectation and especially like you said in the semi-finals you know they're, they're sitting there with a lovely toy staring at them at the back of the, the court and the pressure is on and quite often you'll, you'll see more of a of a, of a passion come through in the, in the semis because they really want to be in that final. Um, my my gut feel is that Pliskova could round this out if she's having a good serving day. I think her serve 
that obviously went on a long extended holiday at the beginning of the year um, has finally come back with its suitcases and decided to um, to rejoin Carolina. Um, but the thing with the her, with that game uh, is when she has an off day, oh boy, is it an off day! Yeah. You know, if you look at look at the Australian Open where she started so well against um, Halep, and then Halep woke up and that was the end of uh, at the end of. That. And I remember asking her in Australia, you know, where you started well. And then before I even had a chance to finish the question, because yeah, that's all I did. <laughs> and then after that, it all went very wrong. And you thought, okay. Um, but I don't think that Coco plays that similar kind of game where she can absorb that pace and then sort of make it tricky for, for Carolina to, to get back into, into the game. I think they have a similar style in the fact that they can both hit very solidly, very cleanly and very flat from the back. They've got very good ground strokes and they're very solid off both wings. And obviously they both have very powerful serves. Where, where, where are the margins? Because for me, both of them have been criticised in the past for their movements. Neither are particularly gamely, is the nicest way of putting it. Um, I think for both, especially this week, we've really underrated their, their um, defensive abilities. I think yeah. that Karolina Pliskova herself said, I'm not out there to play defensive game, but if I need be, I will do it. And she's got the skills, she's got very good hands, yeah. very long legs, which, you know, helps because, you know, yeah, two steps and you are on the <laughs> any wall. Um, and, you know, she, she, she really can defend well. She's got a very, very important uh, weapon in that, which is the forehand slice. So she can do very well and, you know, slows down, gives the time to get back in position, possibly, you know, take time. Is it hard to eat? hard out of that slice yeah. and so you know mm, that could be an important one for her especially to try and neutralize uh, Coco's forehand which is possibly her biggest weapon yeah. however Coco this week has showed especially mm. with Halep and Caroline Garcia that she can move very well she's adapted super yeah. good to the surface she's sliding she's yeah. defending she's recovering I, I think that you know we won't be seeing many long rallies but the ones we will, they will both fight hard for yeah. those. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really difficult, I was talking to uh, our colleague Diego on the way in, and it's a really difficult one to, to try and predict. So, you know, if you look at it on paper, on ranking, it should be Carolina. If you look at it on head-to-heads, it should be Vanderway. If you look at it on aces, and, you know, I was looking at the WTA stats um, and the SAP analysis that they do, and, you know, on, on those stats, it should be Carolina all the way. But... You know, your gut sort of says from what we've seen to this week, it, you know, Van der Wey could, could do it. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, you know, <clears throat> we've seen it on paper. Uh, Coco came to this tournament as number 210 in the race to Singapore, yeah. underlying that her season has been fairly below par. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I appreciate her honesty yesterday when she came up and said, yeah, I had a very bad start this season. I couldn't find my motivation out there. I was struggling, and you know that's why she said I'm taking a holiday. She went to Bahamas, yeah. a nice place to go on holiday. And you know, I think sometimes you know you have to accept that things can go wrong, and you need to put yourself in a better place. We haven't really quite got to know what exactly was the problem there. She said it's a personal problems, but nothing more than that. She mentioned something about, you know, just, just be a normal 26-year-old. And you, you have to wonder whether the, the grind of the tour... Um, and we've seen it before. We've seen um, Kvitova take 
time out from the tour um, because she felt burnt out. You know, we've seen we've seen players do it and just take a you know or call an end to their season because it it, it is a grind. Although Coco made made um, measures to tell us that you know she got started quite late and you know she she never played like Clay as a junior. So th there's a lot of things that she hasn't done. So I get the feeling maybe she's packed a lot into a very short space of time. Whereas Pliskova, I think, has had uh, a much more steadier sort of progress. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all too easy to write Pliskova off as, oh, well, she just serves big. That's oh, it. no, no. That's but no, there's a lot more to her game than that. I, I think, think it's, it's the same for both, to be honest, is, uh, because they got this striking shot and you see and, you know, it's so easy to label someone as you only serve just because... Pliskova herself, she comes up as like, for me, serve is the first thing. Yeah. Because if I can hold my serve, then I can focus on the return. Yeah. If I can't hold my serve, then I obviously feel like bad because she's not the best returner out there. But that doesn't mean that she's only serve. She's got much more. Yeah. Coco is the same. Like, ask Halep if she's only serve or she was returning yeah. well. You know, it's yeah. It's uh, I think they're both very complete players mm, in different approaches. As we said, Carolina is more of someone who wants to construct a point after the serve. Coco is more of a one-two. Yeah. But that said, they can both do fairly good things out there. I so, think, yeah, yeah, I think we're in for a good final. I think we're in for the best final that we could could have ended up with, given yeah. given you know how the field decimated. Uh, but it's it's a, it's um, it's a category of this of this particular tournament. And we've had eight of the top ten, and the first round matches are what you would expect to see at this stage of the tournament. You know, <laughs> so I th you know, but, but again, it's been really interesting. We've learnt over the week that um, they use this as a, a measure to see exactly where they're at against the big players. Um, and that I think that's quite that's been quite insightful. I don't think there's any one player that sort of said, oh, yeah, you know, it's really rubbish that we're that we're having these top matches because then you don't get much. You don't get much time on the clay. All of them, without exception, have said, actually, it's really good because it shows me, it gives me the answers of what I need to improve on going forward to the longer tournaments. Of course, in a build-up to Roland Garros. Yeah, I think it's you know it's key the position of this tournament in the in the calendar. Yeah. It's the real first uh, European red clay tournament, even though we know it's played indoors much faster. Yeah. But you know, um, all the girls are coming here short of practice because you know Miami is finished not too long ago. Yeah. Many play Fed Cup, some on the hard courts. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you come here, you've put like a block of work, like Pavlichenkova said, you work a lot and then you know you come here and it's time to test. And if you play against a top player, you test yourself a hundred percent. Even if Roland Garris is in a month time. You give you a hundred percent out there, you have to give you a hundred percent out there. And this is where you will get the answers. Like Okay, the work I put on, let's say my sliding is not enough. Mm, the work I put on my slices, on my serve, on my kick. And then you go out and you practice outdoor. You got Madrid, you got Rome, and you got like a final tweak of a week yeah. to get in time for, for Paris. And, and they, all have a, they all have a kind of gradient, don't they? So here it's very slick ice rinky almost, uh, indoor clay, which as, as Halep told us, you know, it isn't packed down. It's it's a very thin surface. You know, it's not the same as outdoor clay in that it hasn't kind of built up over time. Then you go to Madrid where it is outdoor clay, so a little bit more heavy, a little bit more packed in, but the altitude, so the balls fly about and you can't, you can't get on the end of them and make them do what you want. But you start to then get that outdoor feeling. Then Rome, like you said the other day, when it's hot and in the day, it's it can be super fast. 
when it's cold, <laughs> it's like fighting in the trenches. Um, and then Roland Garros, which can be the same, you know, super, super quick and slidey or claggy and horrible. <laughs> so it's no wonder that Coco hates it, actually. I now begin to understand exactly where she's coming from. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I, think they, I think all of the main tournaments bring uh, an element of almost progression to, to the conclusion. Absolutely, and you know, players themselves said you need to adapt one week to another. Sometimes with clay, you need to adapt one day to the other, or within the same day, things can go yeah. completely different. As you said, you can start a match at 5 p.m. in Rome, and by 8 p.m., yep. you're swimming. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It can totally happen. So, so come on then, put your put your badge on the line, my friend. Okay, um, given that I've always been wrong <laughs> this week, and that's why it was so bad at the journalist uh, prediction game, <laughs> um, I will go with the unexpected one, and I go with Coco winning. Okay, I am going to go with my heart, and not my head, and I'm going to say Pliskova, because she's, she lets you into her soul a little bit, Sometimes, you know, everybody thinks that she's a robot because she's she's expressionless out on the court. You have no idea what's going on in her mind. And she was like, oh, be under no illusions. I was frustrated as hell, but you guys don't see it. And she was actually not feeling great yesterday. But she was like, you know, you guys, you guys obviously don't see it. You know, and that's and that's good. She hides that well. You have no idea what's going on from, you know, from start to finish. So I'm going to say Pliskova. Good. Yeah, I mean, like as I said, I said Coco. I think it can really go either way. Um, if uh, head-to-head says anything, is that whoever wins the first tiebreak is gonna win this? So yeah, actually, yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably a fair. I bet. think it's being the end of the week could be the case, especially on Pliskova's side. She's had quite a few long battles out there. I think she's grateful that yesterday went through fairly quickly. Yeah. However, she spent a lot of energy during the week. I think much more than Coco. Um, not that much. Well, you'd be surprised. There's, there's not much in it. There's, they've spent. She spent maybe eight minutes more than Coco on court. See, then um, I'm, I was just mostly thinking more than an energy. But like maybe mental energy. Mental energy. She's, she's had a couple of tough matches. Even for example against Kudermetova in second round. You know, she had to, you know, fight against someone you don't know. Yeah. And that takes a lot of energy. She said it herself. You know, the first set, I just felt I wasn't in control. And you against were number 200. And I think it's a lot of energy you yeah. spend in, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, we will see. We will see. <laughs> okay, well, you have been listening to, of course, Ross Satoff from Britwatch Sports. And Julia Gasparin from Sportface.it. Have a great day. <laughs>